We're live, everybody. Welcome to Aquarian Anarchy. We got Chance Lunsford, the uncommonist. The I don't know. He's got so many different names. I don't even know where to start. But you know, you are ready to have your mind blown. We'll be back in just a minute. And as you know, we always start off with our quote, this one from Thomas Jefferson, timid men prefer the calm of despotism to the tempestuous sea of liberty. And I can't think of a better guest to embody <laughs> that quote and to get us started off on that conversation than the one, the only Chance Lunsford. You see Nico at the bottom of the screen. Marcus is trying to get his camera fixed, fixed up, but without further ado, Sorry Chance, thank that. you for coming on, brother. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, and that's that's quite a load to place on my shoulders to live <laughs> up to here, but I'll do my best to do it. Uh, but mostly just thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I'm looking forward uh, to what's to come. Yes, sir. Yes, nice. sir. Yeah, Welcome aboard, brother. Been uh, been been kind of, I don't know, I guess we, we've been crossing paths for almost three years now. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, back when I first started doing stuff with the Hotep Nation and everything, and uh, you did an interview back then, like I think like early 2019 or so with uh, with Hotep Jesus. And then uh, Marcus and I helped set up an interview for you with uh, with Adam Kokesh when, when he was running for president as a libertarian. And so that's kind of how we started to, to interact. And then we've kind of both gone on our own little paths where I don't think we've been like necessarily like in each other's mentions a whole lot over that time. But like every now and then we just kind of reconnect and somehow like, I don't know, I feel like we just keep our, our paths keep colliding because we, we seem to find, be, be pointing in the same direction very often. And, uh, and that's been, that's been really fun to, to experience. So I want to get into like how that started. So you, you go back and you look at, you know, how this, how, how I found you, I guess. And it's through people like Ed Lattimore, Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, uh, uh, what is uh, Western Mastery, Sean, um, and, and folks like that, Jesus, obviously. What was it? How did you get involved with those guys? And like, what, what led you down that path and, and got you to, to, to the point where a lot of those guys, are, you know, you're among their friends? Hmm. Well, it's been kind of a trippy experience, you know, uh, I was, I was in, it was in 2018 and, uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, I have come a long ways in my life. I've been to some dark places, uh, and I was making some decisions that were impacting my life and the lives of those around me in negative ways. And then I switched that around and it took a lot of work and it took a lot of, uh, focus and dedication. And I made a lot of mistakes and had to eat crow and continue to admit to myself who I was and what I had done. And that's a painful process. Um, but I did it, you know what I mean? And I had a lot of uh, myself wrapped up in that. It's like, well, I, I put everything I had into becoming a new person and essentially brainwashing myself out of being a bad man into being a good one in a very real sense. And I thought, you know, a lot of the people, most of the people that I was involved in this darker life with, bit the dust or are still there or are in lives that nobody would want to emulate. 
but my life's pretty good and it seems to be getting better. And I feel like I have something to share. So I hadn't been on social media since I was like 19 on MySpace. And I thought, I think Twitter is probably the place for me. And I just went on there and I started getting a following pretty quick. And then I allegedly got banned just like within a couple of months. And so I rejoined and, and then that was allegedly, of course, but, <laughs> but if I did that, then I had this next account and that's where I was for some time. And that's where we crossed paths. And mm-hmm. the thing is, I knew that I had this thing inside of me that I needed to get out into the world and involved writing a book it involved contributing a, a large section to another book it involved getting my podcast off the ground. And from October, I announced to the world, I'm going to do these three things. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to get this contribution to this other book done and I'm going to start my podcast. And January 1st, I had my first podcast out. I had the book written and I'd done my contribution. And it, it, you know, it took me like, I probably slept three hours a night, four hours a night on average Mm -hmm. through those three months and just burned it on both ends. And I literally fell asleep at my keyboard, just pressing a thousand J's and waking up and having to delete it, you know, but so then I started it. thousand of them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Hey, Hey, yeah. I've, I remember you I've said seen my something, fair amount of J's. You said something <laughs> that really stuck out to me in one of your car videos when you were in the midst of that, where you said, um, I bit off my more than I can chew, but I'm gonna chew it anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> it about right. Just, That's it about right. Like, it's just like, yeah, I lit this candle on fire on all ends and uh I don't know what to do, but just let it burn and we'll see where it goes. Well, that's a good that's a good interruption of my long winded rant. The point is, I started that podcast uh, and then I just started reaching out to my friends and I had a unique approach, I felt like because I'd been listening to podcasts forever, all of them. I mean, eight hours a day for 10 years kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was ready, I felt like. And And then pretty soon. I thought to myself, look, I don't have these same social uh, impingements that other people do where they're afraid to reach out and ask somebody for something because I don't. I don't connect strongly with social norms in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of free uh-huh. from those. And, uh, and so it's like, look, man, I don't, I don't care if they tell me no, of course they're going to tell me no, but some of them won't. And I just started asking people and yeah, right. why not? And what I learned is if you have any kind of um, platform or any, any way for somebody to get any kind of exposure, a lot of times they're going to take it, especially if their job is to um, present themselves to the world because it's practice mm-hmm. for them. It's practice mm-hmm. for them. It's like, I have a rule. I always take the interview if you have the time to take it because you never know what you're going to learn. And also it's just like you learn of opportunities, but you practice presenting yourself to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody was pretty game. And, and you know, I've gotten this comment a lot with the interviews or I guess conversations I've done is I, I'm not like a prepackaged situation. I have, I'm in the flow state with my friends mm-hmm. is how I treat them. It's like a conversation mm-hmm. between yeah. two people. And that's been harder to do with some people than others. Like McAfee was a great example of that. I was just kind of, <laughs> when you talk to somebody who's changed the course of the world in their lifetime, mm-hmm. there's a responsibility that you feel. It's like, <clears throat> man, you know, uh, who, who am I to be having this conversation with you? But he was, you know, <laughs> he was great. Just he was a great support. He was, yeah, oh, it's wow. just, I'm some guy. And I've made that clear from the beginning. I'm just some guy, man. You know, I mean, I have my talents and I feel like I'm really good at the things I'm good at, but I'm, I'm not very good at a lot of things. And, but so how I got involved with them is I found people who I thought were excellent and I reached out to them and I said, hey man, I pick you to come on my podcast and I'm going to continue to reach out to you until you agree to come on my podcast. So sooner rather than later is going to be best for everybody. 
And that, <laughs> yeah. you'd be surprised how often that works. You'd be surprised how often that works. Yeah, so I might actually again. start using that again. one. I got a few people who haven't who haven't uh, who haven't followed through on on some uh, agreements that we've had, and I'm gonna I might mm. actually employ that tactic. Right. Yeah, you gotta be like that's that that's annoying kid. I like that, that one. like. He, if you want my mixtape, be like Soldier Boy and like throw your mixtape in the Happy Meals for the kids, right. <laughs> so so you get a listen. <laughs> and yeah. and I have yeah. to say, exactly Chance, like that. It, it, Chance, that that works from the other side too. For a long time, I tried and tried and tried. Mm -hmm. My goal was to get Adam on uh, any kind of. Uh, mainstream media and I kept failing and kept failing, kept failing because he's Adam Kokash and they were scared to death of him. So I, but with Andrew Napolitano, what I did, what I did was I just pounded on that door, very similar to what you're talking about and basically made it obvious. Hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to stop fucking with you until you, you either block me or you interview, interview my candidate is pretty much, I mean, I didn't say any of that, but that's pretty much my attitude. And it paid off because Adam wound up on not only with Judge Napolitano, but on prime time when Napolitano um, was substituting for Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy. Mm -hmm. So not only did that, that persistence that you're talking about pay off, it paid off greater than my, what I had tried to get. So I, mm -hmm. I think that that is the method. Hmm. Well, if you don't mind, I'll add just a, a finer sure. point yeah. to that, which is I've developed relationships primarily as my main form of currency since I joined the internet mm -hmm. because I was mature enough to understand that that's what one needs to do in order to uh, build what is necessary to create momentum behind what they're trying to represent. You have to have the relationships because I have no friends and you have a million friends. And if I befriend you, I have a million friends. Right. It's just the fastest way, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but, you, but it's not like you have to be careful. It's not like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to star fuck you because I have this thing. I, mm -hmm. I like that. I want about myself. You have to be very genuine. It's like, look, man, I connect to you on this mm -hmm. level trying mm -hmm. to represent this and i'm trying to do this thing and i think you and i could do a good job of representing it and mm -hmm. i think that because i'm in a position to have this conversation with you and because you already have the following you can tell people to come here and listen to this conversation because we had a good one and so it was always up to me to make sure that i was going to have a good conversation with somebody and mm -hmm. i'll tell you what sometimes i struck out because some people didn't want to connect with me they mm -hmm. didn't i've only had that happen a handful of times but it's it's like uh, glaringly obvious for me and for the people who've um, been long time, mm, who have paid attention to me for a long time. Yeah. Is sometimes I failed to connect with my guest, whether they wanted to or not, whatever the reason was, I failed to connect with my guest, and those were shitty episodes. Um, mm -hmm. So, in fostering the relationship, you add dimension to the conversation like you you began this conversation by saying hey man we have this history and how did that history sort of get going and mm -hmm. we have the basis for this conversation which we can build <clears> on but if if i was just some guy who you were star fucking right then right. Like, is this thing that you want to be famous for why don't we set you loose to talk about that right and that's cool too that's cool too but it's just not the same and mm -hmm. i always want to touch the heart it's important to me because i'm that kind of man Mm -hmm. I just want to connect with people that way because I don't like the superficial stuff. Let's cut that away and talk about the universe and your soul and what 
you really care about because if we can't right. get to that stuff in our <clears> conversation <throat> then i feel like i wasted my time and it's precious to me it's precious to a me. a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people don't understand the time of somebody else everybody takes other people's time as their convenience and with that being said you allowing you you allowing you yourself to take somebody else's time that's selfish as fuck number one two it's it's okay when it's a society like this right because you know since a lot of people are superficial they won't give a fuck about your time because mm -hmm. they're not cognitively aware of how important of a resource time is to us granted it's only relative to everybody and since it's relative i can fuck you over with your time and just not really care about it mm -hmm. but when you're cognitively aware and you are in the attempts in the craftsmanship of being a better person yourself you're always more than aware of somebody else's time because like i said i don't want to fuck over your time so mm -hmm. that being said you said you want to you know connect to people at a soul level and and get to that where is that with you um one of the things that that our podcast is about is we're not only about freedom we're about spirituality so where's your heart? What, what do you, what, you know, if you look behind me, you see dozens of African craziness, you know, Chad goes on about his, his, uh, Catholic religion. I, I love the series he's doing right now. Nico, very in-depth, in-depth understanding of, um, the symbol sets that he works with on a spiritual level. What brings you that soul out for you, Chance? Hmm. Well, in much the same way you just described how your uh, backgrounds and um, mode of dialogue, I mean, it, it, literally your backgrounds, but also your backgrounds, uh, describe mm -hmm. your spiritual stance. Uh, what you're seeing of me right now is a pretty good description of how I approach things. Uh, I, I have an approach I call personal sacred practice. Mm -hmm. and And what I mean by that is, I'm the kind of man who looks at the world and it's self-evident that God is there in all things, including me. Um, and that like my light right now that's shining on me is shining from above and it's like a bright white light. And I have this black background because it's just about my relationship with the light. And then I have a relationship with you. And along the way, I have these interactions with the world around me and with other people, especially other people, but uh, sort of foundationally, I think for me with the world around me, the natural world, the mountains in particular are a place where when I'm there, I exist in a state of just blissful serenity and connection with the divine. There's, uh, there's no doubt in my mind and there's no, and, and because of that, I grew up in the Mormon church and I've taken a lot from that. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's no, uh, a lot of people, if when I describe some of my philosophy, call me a Mormon, but Mormons tend to think of me as something of uh, holding a heretical stance on certain things. So, sure. uh, but that's fine because my position is that the things that have worked for me are the things I walk with. And I want to introduce <clears throat> people to all the good things that I have found. And I want to be introduced to all the good things that I have found in my podcast and this conversation. Everything that I'm doing is on the attempt to try to make each moment a sacred moment in accordance with my principles so that I'm living a sacred life because it's my duty to find out what that means and then to live in accordance with those principles because anything less and I'm not doing what I know I'm supposed to do. Man, and that's what it is. That's that's my approach, man. And 
Awesome. Whatever it takes for you to get to that, that's what I want you to do. And I encourage you as long as it doesn't infringe upon my ability to do that for myself, because mm -hmm. that's what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that, that, and that's the stuff I just, uh, we just did a, yesterday was the feast day for Shingo or in uh, the Catholic faith before they got rid of her, the um, feast day of St. Barbara, who is associated with Shingo. And um, the, during um, the ceremony that we did with that, what what I find interesting and as much of what Shango talked about was what you just said. I love coincidence and I love the way that things become synchronistic, but he said, you know, in every moment you should, you know, one of the things that we do as spiritual people is sure we have the, our lives and we go on about our lives and do those kinds of things, but our heart and our soul should be fixated on God and mm -hmm. it should be fixated on whatever that unification <clears throat> is. So it's a very similar message. And I, th I think that the core of that is why people like Chad and Nico and myself have already come together because it was so what if we described God a little bit different? That's okay. We still have that heart that is filled with the Holy Spirit. We have that that heart that is filled with the glory that is God. And so I, I enjoy your perspective. And I love the mountain stuff because for me, nature is God. So, Yeah, 100%. I wish Chicago was like that. But, you know, only thing I got is a tree house and some trees around me. You know, I'm appreciative <laughs> of it. I'm appreciative of it. But, you know, I... I cannot stop to think like when I'm in my backyard, like, holy fuck, how many trees were actually around here? Like how, how much right. have nature has been like stripped away and how much mm. of God has been removed from this area and we get replaced with a new God, you know, mm. like we're always, we're always subjugated to something that is not natural, but they, make it appear to be natural and that's why it's something that we personally have to continue to reinforce not just to ourselves but everybody around us like hey there's a lot more to life than a kardashian mixtape you know <laughs> there's a lot more to life than you know sitting <laughs> down and worrying about why did keisha cheat on Jalen and love and hip-hop like and so it's a beautiful mindset and uh what is the perspective that you present especially with your background it's not mm -hmm. just with your voice but the body language and how you present like i told you i love your background i love your setup <laughs> this yeah. these books are great don't mm -hmm. get me wrong but that oneness that you hold in your center is something that you continue to express and not only to express to yourself like i said to others as well and that's something that I am like in awe and infatuated with at this moment in time. <laughs> Minimal <Awesome>. homo. <laughs> a little bit, just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. Paul, oh, I, I want to let you respond to that, and then I want to I want to follow up because uh, I, I have something I wanted to, to to add, but I don't want to hog the. I feel like we hit, we've we've hogged the mic a lot and let, haven't let oh, you talk. Yeah, so I want to yeah. I want to give you some space to to kind of vibe off of that. Well, I would like to make clear that I'm just a part of the conversation. I shouldn't be thought of as the focus of it. I mean, I'm just contributing. But I, I do have a couple of things to contribute there. And one of them is just uh, my approach is firmly rooted in a fundamental 
belief, which is that it's my approach and it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever you see here that you like and want to emulate, uh, it's, it's open source material, but you should, you should carefully analyze what you see and not just with me and in this moment, but what, what are you seeing before you and what's behind that and what's behind that and what's behind that and how much of what you're seeing and accepting into you, do you really want to accept into you and, and how much of accepting one piece automatically comes loaded with Mm. those other pieces? Mm. Uh, Like you don't know me. No, it's like the Maynard line. All you know about me is what I sold you. That's true. And and I'm a genuine dude. And I'll tell you that, but you just have to take my word for it. And and who I present myself to be is is who I am. I say the same shit on the internet as I say in person, as if you're my Mm. friend, as if you're my enemy, you know, I'm just, I'm about being who I believe I should be in that. And I make mistakes all the time, man. Humans. And it's important to me to admit them too. But mm-hmm. all I'm saying is, look, uh, I'm very wary of the cult of personality lining up behind me. Mm. I want to be Merlin and not Arthur. I want to. I want to just have ear. I don't want to sit in the throne. Mm, look, right. I'm a smart guy in a lot of ways, but. Uh, I'm a good man and I have a family and that's central to me is my family, but I haven't always been a good man. And mm. if you want to bring up my past, that's fine, but I'm not a good representative for uh, like, I'm, I don't have a clean board and I'm not going to fake like I do. And mm. I'll tell you the truth. And that makes me an uncomfortable person to be a leader. I mean, it makes me a good person. Ideally, like you would want somebody who does that, be a leader but i'm not inclined to do it i just want to present enough to you to let you make your own choices in your own path and it's like look here's some information and i'm obviously presenting a slant to it because i'm a person who has beliefs and an angle on it but mm-hmm. if i asked you if you looked at god from a thousand angles would he look different from each of those angles and would you discount any of them if you knew it was god you have to just be careful what you're throwing away and what you're accepting and and why 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 and you're going to be wrong almost look man i have been wrong about almost everything i've ever believed in my life (laughs) and i look around me in traffic and i know i know when i'm in traffic i've got an edge on at least 80% of everybody out there in the world. I know I do just because of the way they drive. It's clear. Honestly, anytime you want to ask yourself where you're at in traffic, if you don't think you're driving better than like <laughs> say 80, 80%, 80%, if you think you're driving better than a hundred percent, you're a psychopath. But if you think you're not driving better than like 80%, just Get like the road. <laughs> well, yeah, and just be like very careful about how ambitious you you can right, make investments right. and gamble your time. Because... Well, I was gonna say it's like that line from uh, from Rounders where he says, you know, when you sit down at the table and you can't spot the guppy, you're the guppy. You're the guppy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, like or it's like the fish or whatever it is. But uh, so I want. It's interesting that um, that you that you that you went there when I was I was gonna kind of piggyback off of off of what you were saying before because i don't know to me it's it's very interesting um like i'm i'm all i think i think there are people who may have the impression that i'm like some sort of like um i have it all together i i've i've got like this uh you know i, I don't have uh 
some you know baggage or some or or whatever the case may be um in in my past or anything like that there's a lot of like what you were talking about with like being the same person online that you are in real life in person um one of the things that i have actually struggled with is as as i have gotten to um have more people interested in what i have to say paying attention to it and everything and i've kind of felt a responsibility to make sure that I'm saying the right things. I've actually noticed that like there are some other really, really, really important people who live in my house with me who don't always get my best the way that Twitter does or the way that YouTube mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. And I have had to, that's part of why I started this, this series that, that Marcus is talking about is because, <clears throat> um, and it's so interesting that Nico said the stuff about like removing the trees and replacing it with all this other stuff is, I, I think that's like the same as like this thing that I've been going through. Cause I'm going, I, this isn't me. This is a meditation book that I'm, that I'm going through that I'm just sharing with people as I'm going through it. Not like, Hey, this is me. Look at how great I am because I'm going through this book, but this, this book and what's in it is amazing and has changed my life. And I hope that it can have a fraction of the impact on you that it has had on me. Um, but it right out of the gate, like first eight pages in, it's talking about like just emptying yourself mm-hmm. and making it to where all that's left is God. Because a lot of times what we do is we try to fill, and I made this metaphor of like the elevator, you know, like, if you want the elevator to be full of God, you've got to get, you've got to let all the other passengers off first. You've got to, you've got to, all those attachments, all those, those things, all those attractions, all those, you know, the glitzy little, you know, this, these types of things and all the, the distractions and everything else. Trying to, as best as you can, understanding your state in life that you have, you know, we have responsibilities, you know, I'm a provider, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I've got certain responsibilities. So I, it's not like I can just become John the Baptist and go spend 40 days in the desert eating locusts. You know, I've, I've actually got to support people. So, um, but what I can do is I can not allow a sporting event or some other thing, some, you know, some distraction of mine that is something, a coping mechanism that I have leaned on, uh, let that get in the way of listening to what my son has to say when he wants to talk to me and saying, Hey, wait, wait until this, wait until the commercial, you know, that sort of thing, the things that I have done in the past. Um, those are the things that I'm trying to work on getting better at being more present, being more available, to the people who really, really count on me and really, really need me. Because one of the things that I'm starting to realize my, my oldest daughter is in college now and her not being in the house anymore. When she comes back, when she comes back to the house and it, it's like my heart fills up, I run to the door to see her and everything. And I, and I start thinking like, shit, I wasn't doing that six months ago when she lived here. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't this big moment of like, Oh, she's back. You know, it was just yeah. like, it was just another day. It was just another cog in the wheel. You know, like it was just, we're just motoring along. And, and a lot of times we get caught up in the churn of that day-to-day life. And 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 it's a lot to carry. And so as a result, a lot of times we lean on some crutches that aren't necessarily 
healthy for us and and can actually be a very um insufficient facsimile and and attempt at a replacement for what god actually provides for us in that regard and so it it's I, like i said it's just it's really interesting that you, you said the things that you said a while back about um kind of directing your focus and aligning things in a certain direction in a certain path to help lead you lead you there because i really think that that's um and I, we marcus and i and nico we had uh, vin armani on uh, a few months back and i've been watching he's got a, pa- a podcast out now that he does with his priest and with a friend of his um called the royal path and what they one of the things that they talk about and this is like a an amazing metaphor that I'd never heard before, but it, it finally like struck with me. Okay. This is, this is like, this is beautiful. So it's like, God is throwing you a lifeline and he's pulling you towards him. And all these other things are things that you reach for off of the path that he's pulling you down. And, and like, well, wait, but I want to, but, I, but this game, I got to go to this game, you know? And it's like, and not to say that like recreation and, and some of the fun things that we do can't be good for us and good f- food for our soul. Every now and then we need a break. We need to take time off, but it can't become so such an obsession that it, that it takes us off, takes our eyes off of God. That's the difference mm-hmm. is, is when, when the thing is helping you to, to continue to deepen your relationship with God and with your, with the people you love the most, who you have been charged with the responsibility of caring for when it keeps you in line with that, it's, it's fine. But when it starts to take you away from those things, it's like you are grabbing onto something while God is pulling you towards him. And you, you're the, you're the child who is, you know, like, I don't want to go, you know, you're, you're kicking and screaming along the way. So anyway, I I will step off of my soapbox now. (laughs) So, Chance, one of the things that that uh, I your uh, post earlier on Twitter talked about is two different kinds of anarchists, and I thought that that was really apropos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do want to um, dive into the, to that and how you see yourself as 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 not being one of those and being one of the other. Um, and I'll let you get into that. But I do want to um, kind of point out to your point that you were saying that. Um, that you you're imperfect and that people that, that you want to, you'd rather be Merlin than you would Arthur. And I believe me, I identify with that too. That makes an awful lot of sense to me. I, I, I am comfortable doing that. That's something that, that, that I've been in, in my experience in the freedom movement, you know, I, I, I am more comfortable working from behind, but that being said, um, the, then that's the anarchist way that, you know, the understanding that we're all imperfect, everyone, there is no one who is not, who is perfect to think that I need to be the one on top and I need to be the one who is the authority. That's statism. That's authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. That is that, that is at its core, what we don't want. And, and, and I, I would bet, like, if you look at comic books, my favorite comic book heroes are people like Wolverine or um, or Batman or um, or Spawn, people who, you know, uh, characters who are innately flawed, 
but rise above and try to be better people. Because I think mm-hmm. that's the difficulty. Rich Mullins, who was a, a, a mm-hmm. famous mm-hmm. Um, Christian singer, um, talked about that there are two kinds of Christians. There's the kind that know that at the at the end, when Jesus comes and all that happens, they're good. They're just going to go. And then there's the rest of us that are, you know, just praying for God's grace and His His mercy mm-hmm. to to allow us to go in. And to me, that's the real way that it is you know as much as you know this authoritarian or that authoritarian and this person that's in front or that person that's in front might be good at whatever they're doing there's always a fault no one is perfect and so for me i respect what what that, that for sure you you want to be a support system for for your principles i get that but don't discount and don't think that just because you have faults and just because you have flaws, that you aren't the leader that God needs in that point and at that place. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to get into, you know, how you view your anarchism. Hmm. But I, you can also comment to any of the shit I just said or Chad said or Nico said. I think I'll start at a place and work my way in. Right on. Yeah. When, when you seek to improve your life uh, by means of your character, meaning you establish some rules for yourself and then you say, I'm going to stick to these rules because mm-hmm. they're mine and I believe in them. You might have to change them over time. Your maturity grows, your experience grows, and you need to be open to the possibility that those fundamental principles uh, are incorrect in some degree because they almost certainly are. Nevertheless, they're yours and it's a choice you make to say, I'm going to represent these things because they seem most correct to me right now and anything less than that would be an immoral choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. If one of those principles is that you don't seek to embody the role of the leader, and you make choices based upon that every day. What you know is that when you're placed in a position of authority, you didn't land there because of some facade of ego that was blinding you, or at least you have a better probability of not being in such a position. You might still have uh, been weak in that way and landed yourself in a position, but you might be able to realize it if you take a moment of reflection. It's always recommended if you can afford it. Sometimes it's the moment of action and you have to reflect rather than uh, take a moment, but it is what it sure. is. Mm-hmm. But that said, um, when you have uh, as a principle that you want to govern yourself, it only stands to follow that the expectation that others can and should govern themselves uh is sort of the next thing you might start to think of if you begin to apply that to the outside world. Sure. I, I think it's everybody's duty to govern themselves. How could it be otherwise? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. let me preface that by saying that I am a person who believes in some uh, flexibility in terms of uh, 
action, meaning I'm a believer that we have some choice in the outcome of our lives. I don't think we have a ultimate choice, meaning there's some momentum behind our lives that's just irrefutable and undeniable, and uh, you could probably move it like about that much. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, you know, like your day-to-day stuff, you can respond in a certain way or another way to the way that somebody approaches you in your office or in your home or on a mm-hmm. podcast or what have you. You can get in a Twitter flame war with some a fool if you want to or you could go i don't need to do that with this person i mean what am i going to convince them by calling them an asshole probably not okay well what am i going to do today what's the choice but the point is um my my anarchism i i i phrased them in that way because i used to be a total degenerate uh in in the traditional sense of the word, I mean, I was a criminal, I stole, I hurt people, I was violent, I took lots of drugs, I drank mm-hmm. every day, uh, you know, I'd lie and cheat and steal my way into any terrible situation I could find as long as there was a party involved. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and part of the reason for that is because I had some things I didn't know how to deal with from my childhood, you know, evil, mm-hmm. evil finds its way into your childhood sometimes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. As a child, you don't know how to deal with that, so you... And I started doing drugs and drinking when I was like 12 years old uh, because I just was sad and I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know who to, I didn't know how to talk about it. And so I just figured out the easiest way to deal with it. And it cost me a lot in my life. <laughs> uh, but, but it also is like uh, at every step I said, fuck you to everybody mm. because I, I wasn't doing what any was expected of me from my family, from my school, from my church, from myself, from my God. And so I said, fuck you to all of that. And I said, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe mm. in existence. I don't believe in myself. I don't believe in you. I think everybody's a lie and everybody's lying. And I don't have a problem lying because it's all a lie. Mm. And my life, my life took a nosedive. Yeah. And, and I lived in hell. I've seen, I've seen hell and I've been a demon. And let me tell you, it's real. Mm. Demons are real. Demons yeah. are real. And they live next door to you sometimes. Mm. And they live in the apartment frame. complex. Wherever mm. the cheapest apartment complex or complex is in your neighborhood, that's where the demons live. It's, I'm sorry, it's just true. It's just mm. true because demons. Uh, well, and then there's the high class demons, but you don't really get to meet them. <laughs> Those are devils, usually. Yeah. Okay, we can we can make a <laughs> distinction. That's fine. You don't you usually don't get to meet the devil uh, unless mm. you got a treasure that he wants. You know, unless your soul starts to sparkle so brightly that the devil comes after you. And that's what mm. I'm talking about. But look, the point is. If you stand on your principles and then the inflection point comes to you, there is authority in an inflection point. Sometimes you have to make a fucking choice. Mm. And what are you going to do? You're going to make the wrong choice or the right choice when it comes into your hands. Well, if you're prepared because you've been making a habit of making choices according to your principles, then the intensity or the impact or the importance of the moment is negligible. It's no factor. Good. Because I'm still going to stand on my principles. And then the consequences of such an action are going to be of a magnitude that I might not be prepared for. But it doesn't matter because I know I chose them. Uh-huh. You can give me consequences of any magnitude. And if I didn't choose them, they're not mine. And I'm not going to feel <clears throat> any sort of responsibility towards them. And because of that, I'm going to look for blame and scapegoats. And I'm going to try to diffuse that responsibility because I know that I didn't make those choices. It's like if I had made the choice, maybe things would have worked out differently. But these fools in Washington are making these choices that are bad for me. And so I don't have to feel mm-hmm. bad for it. And, and that's mm-hmm. the, uh, the game that everybody likes to play. It's bread and circus. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you know, we're busy in the Coliseum slaughtering each other and getting eaten by the pet beasts that they keep making. You know what I mean? And so uh, thanks thanks for the opportunity for that. Mm, absolutely. Sir. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing is, though, there's there's a lot in that. <laughs> you know, we we every choice that we make um, has a consequence, and yes, sometimes there are scapegoats. Sometimes there are things that that we can blame things on, but ultimately, it is easier to stand on your principles when when everybody supports them mm-hmm. it is very difficult very difficult when there is when when every member of society is telling you you're wrong and and but your principles and your belief tells you that you're right it is very difficult to stand on those principles mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> I, I think that, well, that it can is I, that can courage I, that gets there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. I thought I thought you were about to ask a question. My bad. Okay. Um, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, so it's it's funny that y'all y'all bring that up because yesterday in the uh when I did my my little thing, I actually skipped over this and didn't read it off of my little sheet of notes. But part of my meditation yesterday was this quote it says, For the just man there is no law, he is a law unto himself. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you think about it like that, it's like, Damn. yeah, like if you're if you're really about that life, then as Chance said, it doesn't matter how what the gravity of the circumstance that's put in your lap is. There is no. Yeah, but you don't understand. This is a big deal. So I had to be evil for a minute. It's not it's not negotiable. Mm-hmm. It's not negotiable. And in fact, it's way worse if when you are handed that grave circumstance and you choose to, as, as George W. Bush said, we had to abandon free market principles to save the free market. You know, like if you have to abandon your principles, if you have to abandon good and love and compassion and forgiveness and um, caring about people, caring about humanity in order to, you know, kick the can down the road to later on save humanity. Humanity is lost in the process. Yeah. Because therefore there's no humanity in the things that you would seem to be as just, you know, we get lost at, uh, no, actually fuck where I was going to say, um, for you chance, you said that you went down, uh, a troubled road at a young age and you did say that your people grew up mormon how did that come about if you don't mind me asking you know granted even though we all have our religions and it doesn't make us the best people on this planet but while having religion to be able to help structure and guide us to a certain area and you did say there were lies what made you what was that experience that was like that switch where it's like, fuck all of this. Hmm. I think it had less to do actually with um, what I was being presented. Everything has its limitations. Mm-hmm. Every philosophy or, or uh, sort of scaffolding of a worldview, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, I just lost my faith in myself. It was fragile anyway. I mean, uh, I'm an only child. My parents were divorced at an early age, uh, and I'm just kind of an odd dude. Uh, I just mm. felt alone a lot, um, mm. and I had a very disappointing relationship 
with my mother in a lot of ways and and my dad is a very good dude but um you know working hard and i just spent a lot of time alone and I, it's not to paint a sob story or anything because i have a great life that i love and i and i made it it's all good i'm just mm -hmm. saying that um i i think that the limitations on my original bearing with the world or my original worldview were very much about who I was and what I needed to do because a lot of the foundational things or, or the scaffolding that I use now to uh, build my worldview is based upon um, the things that I was taught as a child in the Mormon church. And I have a little bit of a different take on some of those things than many of the people in the Mormon church do. Um, and that's fine. Uh, but I just want to be very careful. I, I, I'm not trying to cast shade on my roots. And in fact, I would say that if you don't have some sort of conflict with your roots, you probably haven't inspected them close enough. And if you don't reintegrate a great deal of your roots, you probably haven't inspected close enough still because all of who you are is wrapped up in all of that. You know what I mean? And, and there's conflict in you. Always. And, and it's up to you to resolve that. And and to, to an early point, it's like it might not be your fault that something happened to you, but obviously it's your responsibility to deal with it because you you're the agent in your own life that must yeah. act in accordance. So, uh, you know, all of that is to say that when we, you know, when I, I guess, went a different path, mm -hmm. uh, it was because I felt very lost and the only thing that was there to catch me when I jumped off a cliff was the rock bottom, uh, mm. you know, and the, the, the yeah. whole point was I was jumping off the cliff in the first place. What did I expect to happen? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to be honest, I just didn't want to really live anymore because my mm. whole, my whole, I just didn't feel like I had something to tether to that made me as a person worth being a person in the world and it was true in a lot of senses because i didn't do anything good with my time mm, and i had to learn to choose to do that and to build the confidence to be a person in the world one meaningful action at a time and that's why when i have conversations with people who um kind of have a fundamental uh, orientation that's at odds with what i just said to you i feel the need to go to war with those people because i know that what they're saying is false and people who buy into the ideology that there's uh, this inability for a person to enact change within their own character kills people Mm -hmm. It's a world ender. It's a world ender mm -hmm. because we run into flaws because we make mistakes. And sometimes we make them over and over again and they eat big holes inside of us. And we're supposed to accept the narrative that we can't fill them back in with anything besides right. sadness or the government. You know, it's like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> Why would you believe that? You know, that's not true because you look at your kids or you look at your wife or you look at your best friend and they make a mistake in their lives over and over. And then you have that conversation or somebody does or whatever happens and they make that switch in understanding. It only happens a couple of times in people's lives where you really see it. It's, you know, mm -hmm. so it's it's worth mm -hmm. stating that it's rare, but, you know, you see it happen and then their whole life goes that way. And, the, and, and it's like you really can change. He did it. Mm. He did it. She did it. She did it. Yeah. And, and now I want to be a part of that. 
Yeah. Now I want to be a part of that. And even if you've made changes before, you see somebody make a change who's important to you, you got two choices. Uh, I'm going to be a bummer and be like a chain on this person because I'm not ready to grow. And so every time they touch me, they're going to be excited. And every time I touch them, I'm going to be a bummer. Or I'm going to like take that hand that they're offering me because they love me. And then I'm going to get my other hand on that ladder and I'm going to start pulling. Mm. And I'm going to start carrying my weight. And I'm going to get better too because if we do it together, it's way easier. Mm-hmm. But I can't force you to do it. And if I try to force you to do it, you might just go the other way and say, hey, man, you can't make me do that. Mm -hmm. So I won't. Even if it's the best thing for it. Yeah. Yeah. And kids will teach you that right away. (laughs) For sure. And and, man, all the lessons are in family. Everything that you can learn, you can learn from your kids and your family for sure. (laughs) But but to your point, that's kind of how we've approached a lot of because a lot of our focus, we, we do focus on solutions, but we also focus on trying to build bridges to people that that believe in freedom. And that's one of the things that we've done with the Hotep Nation is, you know, often, you know, one person or another in the Hotep Nation will be will be a little bit statist, you know, and there will be somebody who has some statist opinions about this or that. So I can just shit on them all day and drive a wedge between what I'm trying to do and what they're trying to do. Or I can say, okay, I disagree with you on that. Okay. But you need my help doing this. And so I'm going to help you doing this. And you're going to see that I did that for you. And you're going to look at me a little bit different because I helped you. And, And Chad's covered this massively before, but when you set those those expectations that you're at least on their side and you're helping them with their project, then they look at you as, as at least somebody who they can connect with. And, and I think that we've managed to do that in a lot of ways with a lot of the different interconnected people that we've uh, touched uh, our podcast with. But I think we do that all the time just by the nature of who we are. And I think that uh, chance you're one of those people and uh, that is like that, like, like what we like to do is to, I was about to say, it's also the people who we've connected with that they share that, that same Mm -hmm. type of mentality of like putting the differences aside and finding the common ground and focusing on that. And what can we do? What can I do to help you build what you're trying to build? Because I see, hope in it i see promise and progress in it and let me let me try to help you do that because forget about the little things that we don't maybe necessarily see eye to eye on but let's work on and and like i, I would think marcus you, you and nico would agree like we don't have a whole lot of our guests who don't don't see it that same way too there are a lot of people yeah. who have reached out to us or who have who have come on and have just been like you know look I may not necessarily be an anarchist or vibe with all that stuff, but I'm, I'm willing to jump on with you guys to, to talk about this because I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. And I appreciate that I have an opportunity to build with you on that. So I, I think it goes both ways. For it's sure. all about resonating though. You know, yeah. like yeah. everything <laughs> on this planet resonates. So if it don't sit right in your gut, mm-hmm. you know, then that means that it's something that's sinking in your stomach and that's dead weight we don't like mm-hmm. to carry around dead weight. There's it's pointless to carry down around dead weight. You know, recently I went through a little spasm, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I was carrying around a lot of pent up uh, uh, regressed uh, feelings. And I let 
it all be known. And once I let it be known, I felt so great. Granted, the person probably didn't feel the same way about me and how I felt. But at the end of the day, even though you may not necessarily, they won't see where you're coming from until that light goes off. And not everybody gets that light to flick on until they make that same mistake again. You know, we all live in cycles. And then once you're done with one cycle, you go into another cycle. This bitch is a whole cog and gear machine where we just run in tandem. And if you're not necessarily mentally prepared, emotionally prepared, spiritually prepared, you can get caught. (laughs) And therefore, you're back in that other cycle that you are attempting to run away from. And so when you're able to present certain things, my dad uh, just got himself a big old thing of water. And I keep telling him, dad. You don't want purified. You don't want purified. I walk into his room and there's a big old purified thing. I'm like, Dad, you got to get spring. Hopefully that takes him out the cycle of not necessarily not paying attention to the things that he puts in his body. But it sparks that little light to saying, "Okay, well, since he told me about the water, I can start working better with my diabetes type. So it's always those little things that can push the button to get the gears going for that person <laughs> to be cognitive. You know, it's, it's not your job to always make somebody cognitively aware, but when you do and put the attempts to make them aware, you can resonate better and it gives them a chance to resonate with you. It right. all depends on the mindset and if one is willing And we already know, we've discussed this, we all have our flaws. They can point out my flaws 110 times better than I can, and I can point out their flaws, because we can always look at somebody's window and like, damn, that crib is fucked up, but that doesn't change the fact that, you know. I look at mine, and that's all I say. I look at mine, I'm like, golly, we live in a garbage can? What the hell is going on here? But the thing is, is that it's like, you have 110 things running all the time. Yeah, and for sure. Your 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 direction of working towards better things, your crib may get a little junky, mm. but you have the ability if you're cognitively aware, or another person has the ability if they resonate with you in a certain frequency and they want you to do better with your life, they will let it be known. Hey, bro, your your sink is overflowing, dog. <laughs> like mm. they'll let it be known, and that's the purpose of us to a degree is yes, fixing our own shit, but helping other people fix theirs as well. That's Mm. it. You can't be stingy with knowledge like this world is because look how fucked up it is now. So can I have a, uh, an opportunity to explore something with, with chance real quick. Yeah. You you touched on something. I don't want to just kind of drive by it. Um, You talked about when you hit that low point and like the will to live. Um, And I, that that just kind of struck me because I, I've been there. I, you know, everybody's you know rock bottom or whatever you want to call it. Um, everybody's moment where they where they have that that sort of dialogue with themselves about whether whether it's better to 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 tap out or or stick around um, at a different level. You know, we all everybody's level is at the same level. You know. 
um some people might be like i can't believe why would you you know you don't have it nearly as bad as so and so and you know it but you never know what somebody's going through but one of the things that that struck me when you were saying that and i want to see if this is i want to kind of figure out where where you see the the attempts to like fill yourself with other stuff when like whether it was rejecting god or you know rejecting all these other things and saying you know to hell with all this stuff and um some of the things that you talked about that you were doing um that were you know selfish or whatever else it seems to be uh, my experience has been the more selfish i am the more of a cycle of like a death spiral that is Mm. that is is a, a a feedback loop that is terrible for me and only like exacerbates that feeling of like what the hell's the purpose of you being here you know and and it's only in starting to turn away from that and starting to look to like build something and and be um be better be more in in sync with with the will of god as i have um discovered it actually is it makes it to where like i now my body just wakes up in the morning there were times where i I used to just like i used to try to have to figure out what in the world i was getting up for Hmm. and now i don't even think about it anymore like i i've got i'm like i got stuff to do we got stuff to do let's go let's go let's go and and i just anyway that I'm trying to find a question in there, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, I want to kind of tap into like, where were you with that? Like, where were you with your attachment to material things, to the things of the world, to your own selfishness and where that bottom hit and what it was that got you out of that? I can respond to what Nico was saying and respond to your question. I think, okay. Let's imagine that my job, let's imagine that every interaction you have with anything is an interaction where you say, I would like some love, please. And the thing that you're interacting with says, I would like some love, please. And then you go, okay, here's some love. Mm -hmm. And then, but it doesn't, it doesn't diminish your love to give that to somebody. But Whatever you decide to put in place of love, if you decide it's going to be something else, in the example I used of myself earlier, what I was putting in place of love was nothing. It's like, oh, here's some nothing. Here's some nothing. And so everywhere I went, I was destroying everything I touched because I was annihilating it. You know, I was like oblivion walking. Here's nothing. I want nothing from you. I want you to have nothing because there is nothing. So here's nothing. And I, and I, because, the truth is, like I, however much love I needed as a child, I just didn't get enough. I guess, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I, I did what I did, you know. And it was, it was as I was coming out of childhood that I became this kind of person. So I don't. I've been to counseling. I've thought a lot about things. I've written millions and millions of words. I don't know exactly why I did the things that I did. I just know that I did them. And mm-hmm. and as far as I can guess, it's because I had a big heart that didn't get filled up with the right kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think kids are a little bit different. You know what I mean? Um, 
they have some agency, but they don't have the full capacity of agency. It develops over time. Agency develops over time, and that and that's no different for me. But in, to to bring it back to what I was originally bringing, like in that in that scenario, if you want to steal man for, for a moment and assume that that's true, if I say here's some love, and then somebody takes it and they're like, love, huh? Hmm, that's nice. Mm. You got any more? Mm. You you're supposed to say yeah. I have infinite. Mm. Here you go. And they go like this. And you go, here you go. And they go like this. And you go, here you go. And they're like, oh, my arm's tired. What am I supposed to do with this? And you're like, have it. Mm. And they're like, have mm. it? And you say, have it. And then suddenly it's a part of them. Yeah. And then it's more than it was before. Not mm. less. Mm. And every time you do that, it's just more. Mm. Yeah. And they and but you can kill your own love. You know, that's just that's the divine spark. God is love, but but what does that mean? It means it means doing the right thing in the moment, regardless. It means no matter what the world is going to do to you, because you shared your love, you chose to share your love. And and I didn't I didn't learn that until I tried everything else, and I just ended up feeling worse than I'd ever felt. It's mm. like maybe you know, the thing is, it does hurt when someone smashes your love into smithereens. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. It's atta you're attached to your gifts to other people. You know, you when you serve somebody, you want them to appreciate it, and that might be your ego. But I don't give a shit. It matters to me if I serve yeah, you, they appreciate it because mm -hmm. I love you and I want you to love mm -hmm. me back. It's, it's part of the deal, and I'm comfortable <clears throat> telling you. You know, like I'm a person who loves people, and I tell people I love them, and I give them hugs, and I am, you know, I care about what mm. happens to people and that's why i keep my circle small too because it to be open in that way with infinite people is an invitation to your death or and, you know jesus 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 like jesus is a great example of that you know it's like okay i'll just give you all the love you want and they're like get him <laughs> and every time that's, somebody dude, says that's... i'll give you I'll give you all the love I have. They, mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, let's just see about that. Yeah. And then if you Take really it mean it, then they mm -hmm. kill you. And uh, and I really mean it, but I'm trying not to get let the word get out. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that's that's beautifully said. I and thank you for that. I mean, that's I, I don't I don't really have anything to, to say in response to that except thank you. That, that was beautiful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And, and for me, what I do have something because I always have some shit to say, but uh, for me, it reminds me, and this is an image that I call to often the, the idea of the hippie putting the flower in the end, end of the barrel of the gun. Mm -hmm. And, um, but in this particular case, you have to be ready for that. And, and ultimately in that image, the, the uh, Jack booted thud did shoot the hippies, but um, you have to be ready to be shot. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be ready to get your heart smashed to, to truly be giving, you know, so many people want reward. They mm -hmm. want, they want to give just so that they get something, even if that mm -hmm. is the, the, the appreciation of the person that they gave to, you have to clear that shit out. You have to just give, you have mm -hmm. to just be, be an emissary of love for the purpose of being an emissary of love even when you are denied. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a beautiful sentiment that, that, that you've presented. And, you know, I don't think anybody 
should think that any of us know everything that there is. We're going to, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to continue to move on, but you can tell when people are a little more, I guess, founded in their beliefs, they're a little more, you know, comfortable in where they're at. And it seems as though you are from that, the ashes of that struggle, most towers, and, and I'm using a Tarot analogy, you know, the, the smash tower, the, the Tower of Babel that comes falling down. And generally in with the tower, what you do is you rebuild using the pieces that fell apart of that tower to build yourself a new fortress. Hmm. Can you go into how you rebuilt your fortress after you uh, smashed it? Well, limestone, bright white limestone, <laughs> used to adorn the pyramid, mm -hmm. and it contained the library of the world. <laughs> and when the world died, the peasants took the limestone and made huts, and the history of the world was lost. Yeah. But the world went on, um, and from those huts, a new world emerged, and Mighty things have been built. Maybe not yet as mighty, but we'll probably get there before the next thing explodes us. Maybe. <laughs> Look, man, the reality is uh, your life in a certain sense is like God is a cowboy and he's got a six shooter and you're a bullet and he just aims it at this guy and fires it and says, good luck and just <laughs> walks off. And you know, but and, and then there's like a and then there's like a gallery of other cowboys who are just trying to shoot that bullet out of the air and get lucky. Sometimes they shoot you out of the air. They're gonna try. And sometimes, you know, you you go all the way up. And then you come all the way down and you end up right back in the goddamn dirt. But either way, um how you feel about that journey and your trajectory and the people shooting at you, that's your choice all the way along the way. And so from the ashes of my old past, I've got nothing but love because I've got nothing but lessons. I've, I know a lot of things I wouldn't know otherwise, and I'm grateful for that. And I have a life that I couldn't be more grateful to be living. I have a family. I have a wife who loves me and is smart and beautiful and talented and dedicated to me and dedicated to the things that she does and is moral and is good and raises my children, right? My children are good and smart and healthy and talented. Um, and they have the ability to make relationships with people in a way that I don't. And I live in a good community. I live in a neighborhood where nobody ever drives in my neighborhood unless they mean to come here. Mm. And they only mean to come here if they live here or they're friends of people who live here. And I'm tight with my neighbors. And um, so what did I rebuild from the old pyramid? Well, I learned my pyramid was upside down, man. Uh, and once I reoriented and I built my foundation on God and then on family and then on community and then on outwards. And I remembered that I am the, the fulcrum for all those things because I only have the capacity to act as myself. It all mm. became clear. And, and so for me, it's, I, I walk in the world. I'm like, Oh, good things, good things, Gems, good brother. things, good things, good things. And then people come to me and I'm like, here's good things. Here's good things. And sometimes still, I got to be honest. I get suckered into being like, here's a fuck you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're human. Yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, but sometimes I really mean it too. Maybe I'm flawed for meaning it, but sometimes I mean it. I mean mm -hmm. it, man. And so when I say it and I mean it, 
I don't regret it. Mm. Polarity, baby. Come on <laughs> All right. So, so we're maybe a little bit out of order because I was going to go into the uh, jester stuff next. But uh, I think uh, since you brought up your your wife and your kids and everything, uh, let's talk about. Uh, I think you touched on this a little bit, but just a, a little bit more um, depth on like what um, what your family situation, like how how you chose to put yourself on the path that led you to where you are with the family that you have, and then how you are, um, you know, shouldering that responsibility as the, 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 the father, the, the, the head of that family and, and what in 2021 it means to be a father who heads a family in a world that wants to, cut the f- head of the family off and throw it in the gutter. Hmm. Well, one of the ways I respond to that is, um, have you ever noticed that uh, kids are good people who know the natural boundaries and mostly want to live within them? It's, it's quite remarkable. You kind of like, got it. <laughs> and kids are you definitely just, wise sometimes. If you foster that, if you foster that in them, one of the things I'll tell you about being a father that has always been very important to me because I was a I was a precocious kid. You know, I was with it in a way uh, that a lot of kids are not, and it made uh, adults very uncomfortable. And they st- even still, they tried to baby talk or down talk or treat me like I was a retard or something. It's like, I'm not retarded just because I'm younger than you, man. I might not have the experience, but if you would just explain it to me, I promise you I could understand. <laughs> and because I had that experience over and over and over again with patronizing adults as a child, uh, I don't talk to my kids that way. I don't talk to anybody's kids that way unless they're behaving nice. like an idiot. And then I talk to them like they're an idiot. And it's like, look, man, you're being an idiot. Stop, Stop it. Being I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't care whose kids they are. I love kids. And I feel a duty to serve and protect kids because I had shitty stuff happen to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I have that watchdog mentality because I don't want evil coming into their lives. And also, I don't want the complacence of um, chicken shit adults to allow them to develop some sort of perception of the world that they can get away with shit that they shouldn't be doing. So when they're around Uncle Chance or when they're around, uh, you know, everybody calls me Uncle Chance, whether they're my friends or they're my actual nieces and nephews, because I take an interest in their lives. And and but, you know, they know they can't pull shit around me. And uh, some of them are a little bit scared of me, too. But that's fine because I love them with all my heart. Mm. Uh, But that's just just to say that um, being a husband, being a father, having a relationship with your family. It's the same. It's it's more. It's more of the same rules that you should be applying to everybody else. They're they're uh-huh. the most important people. So respect, um, being willing to listen, being willing to disagree respectfully, uh, being willing to take time to consider things and then return to a conversation. These are all musts. These are all necessary if you're going to have a healthy relationship with your family because if you don't have those things, then what you have is contention, what you have is disagreement, what you have is discord in your home, in your safe space. And if you welcome those things into your home repeatedly, habitually, then where is the place that you can be safe from the discord, safe from the disagreement, safe from the confusion that you are constantly bombarded with by the outside world? And the answer is nowhere. And that pressure that mounts and builds your cup overfilleth 
and it spills out onto the people around you. And if your cup's full of poison, by God, you're going to poison the people who are most important to you. And then how are you going to feel about things? And then you might just turn into an angry alcoholic. Then you might just turn into the things that you promised yourself you wouldn't be because you had a pretty good example of that from somebody in your own life. But we break in the ways that we know how to break. Right. And we rise in the ways that we're shown how to rise. You know, it's always a helping hand comes down. It's like, hey, man, here you go. You're going to take it. And you always have to be careful. Sometimes that hand ain't pulling you up. It's pulling you in a direction you didn't understand. But that's why relationships with good people fostered over time and the trust mm -hmm. and um, the predictability that comes with a long-term relationship and understanding a person's motives is important. And that's why you have to build the kind of character within yourself that makes you attractive to have a relationship with with the kinds of people who are out there doing good things. And that means you got to tell the truth. It means you got to make uh, the time to meet your commitments. And that means you got to be careful which commitments you make. And that means you have to serve the needs of others in front of your needs sometimes because you understand that that's actually what you need to do. And when people see you do that, the people who are already doing that are already successful. And they're looking for more people to be successful with because they understand that success compounds when it works together. Absolutely. And that's why you're here together. And that's why we're here together is to try to do that with each other. And, and that's what I'm all about. I call myself the facilitator of excellence. And I'm only looking to find good things in people and help them grow. And I'll let you in on a little secret too. When you engage somebody in something that you believe in, they're not engaged in something you don't believe in. It's not just that you get them to focus on a thing you agree with. It's that you draw them away from anything else. Mm -hmm. They're focused on the thing you agree with. And so that means that they're representing your principles right now and not the things that you disagree with. So the more that you can engage, the more that you can bring people within your fold, the more that you can get them to be working on the things that you believe in, the less of the shit that you don't like in the world is going to exist. And it's self-evident as soon as you really take the time to think about it. It's not what you're against. It's what you're for. It's what you represent. That, it's not what you try to fight. Yep. And, that, and there's yeah. so much so much in this world that is is simply people who think they're doing something by juxtaposing themselves to what they oppose and not actually doing the thing that they want to see. Like, build the world you want to build. Build the Bingo. world you want to see and stop trying to fight against the world that you don't want to see because that you're you're you are immediately going onto their turf right <laughs> and 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 being consumed by it ultimately and and that's where a lot of that poison you talk about and sadly i must uh admit um i needed to hear a lot of what you just said um and uh i'm going to have to watch this back again and uh oh yeah take this some, is take some take some little notes of like uh some things that i need to clean up in my own house so uh, this, this, me too man hey i said it i, I said it sure. but it's something i struggle with believe me you yeah. know? Look, no, yeah, I, I say i say a lot of stuff like that to myself all the time where like i, I told yeah. I, said, I tweeted uh last year sometime i was like you know a lot of time when i'm tweeting i'm really tweeting to myself <laughs> I'm, I'm giving myself a pep <laughs> talk like this isn't me telling you like hey i already got this shit down you need to get get on game like me like no i'm telling myself like Listen, stupid ass, you better do this or you're gonna well, you're gonna take another L or ten. That's where we fall though, is because we can give the world the best fucking advice possible, but when are we gonna sit the fuck down and take our own <laughs> advice? That's what is necessary. It's it's yes, we can spit all the philosophical and the love light. It's the reciprocation that you give to yourself. 
-hmm. you know, not just to other people. You know, like Chance said earlier, he was giving people back nothing. And a lot of people are okay with giving back nothing because they don't understand the true principle of giving love away. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something that I I fault to myself. Earlier today, my grandmother asked me to hook her up some breakfast or she was trying to make it. And I'm like, Granny, go sit down, please. I'll hook you up. Like this, this is something I got you. And mm-hmm. man, after I was done and I warmed up, made myself a plate and I was like, cool, I'm about to go sit down, relax before I do my readings. And then she asked me to do 101 things. And like, when I'm in my zone of like, okay, I'm about to go have me time and somebody like, what you doing? I'm like, don't ask me another motherfucking question. But then I'm like, oh, <laughs> let me stop. Let me take a second back. And let me do something and show that I love her. Like I say every day, you know, let me, let me, it's, it's little things, man. It's little things that, you know, that shouldn't bother, but you know, sometimes we get so caught up always within ourselves that even when we don't do selfish acts on a daily, we dismiss the selfish acts we do on a daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So it's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing when you recognize that you need to sip your own medicine that you're giving everybody else. <laughs> sure. But, th- but that's part of it, man. Part of th- we are all imperfect. What we need to do is catch ourselves. What, what, mm-hmm. what we're all doing is perfectly natural, you know, uh, you know, or, uh, to give an example, you know, m- my little girl is, is an amazing human being. My, my youngest uh, daughter, her name's Anya. And um, my whole life, I've been kind of a heady kind of guy, you know, I, I'm, I'm an Aquarius. I'm, I'm all about thought and, and all that stuff. And my wife is a very heady person. Very, she, she's more emotional than I am, but she's still really intellectual, that kind of thinker, you know, and my oldest kids are all like, are all like mercury based kids. They're all really into, you know, they're Gemini or they're, uh, my son is Gemini and my, uh, my oldest daughter, one of my sons is Gemini, my oldest daughter is a Virgo and they're, they're very fixated on thought in a specific way. Well, my youngest daughter, she's a, she, she's a Taurus and her way of thinking is totally alien from, from the way that I'm used to. You know, I got, I've got four kids and my, my uh, youngest son is a Libra just to finish the set. So I'm used to thinking, and which is another air sign. It's another intellectual kind of sign. Mm. It's hard for me to connect um, on that level with Anya. And, mm. she, and she's also 11 years old. She's at one of the most annoying ages in human history. 11 sucks. <laughs> 12 sucks. 13 sucks. Mm-hmm. I know because all my other kids' life sucked at that time. So mm-hmm. it's hard to understand her. And what I came to, then this happened today. The conclusion that both my wife and I came to is we need to stop trying to make her us. We need to mm-hmm. stop trying to to understand her through the the visage of who we are and start understanding the visage of who she is, respecting 
her way of thinking, her way of being. Because yes, I'm more, you know, let's get me a problem and figure it out. That's that's my way. And that's not her way. Hmm. But her way is very loving. And her way is very giving. And her hmm. way is very, you know, altruistic in many ways. And I need to recognize that though she's different than I am, I need to recognize that. So I reminded myself of that just kind of like Nico did today mm. that the the approach that i need to come is with compassion and and with respect so i learn these lessons every day too and and that's the existence that we're working with we're working with an existence where we are imperfect mm -hmm. if we were perfect what would be the fucking point mm -hmm. and we would already have figured this out we'd have blown up or whatever it is that becomes enlightenment or whatever we've joined with god whatever <laughs> But we're not. And God has a plan for us. There is a purpose for each of us in this world. And to me, if, my, if I believe that my purpose is to help to, to uh, free people and to help to bring people together and stop all of the division, if that's what I believe that I need to do, I need to do that at home. Mm -hmm. And so, so I'm with you. And I, and, and, you know, to your point to begin with, um, how did you get focused? Was it just circumstances of of your life that led you to focus down on your family, or or was it a a, a thought out uh, plan? Hmm. There are four things I can think of immediately that are foundational in that. Number one is that, but for the family that I had, my life would have been a fucking disaster. My dad, my grandparents, his siblings, they saved my life. Hmm. I didn't realize that necessarily as a youngster, but I came to realize it as I've grown older, and I only have uh, the utmost respect for my father and my grandparents and my aunt and my uncles because they saved my life. We haven't always seen eye to eye, any of us. I mean, my grandparents have... Um, gone to the great beyond, as they say, but uh, the rest of them are still alive. And, and in fact, we've had some disagreements, some of us recently, that um, put some space between us in our relationship, we'll say, but that I've never had anything but love for my family, and it just took me some time to realize that. And But, okay, that's one component. The second component is there was uh, a number of families in my neighborhood that really took me under their wing, and one family in particular. Shout out to the Bascoms. Kent Karen, Nathaniel, Natalie, Chris, Carolee, Tom, and uh, like a baby that died very young, Tyen. But that family took me under their wings. They treated me as one of their own. And it wasn't always easy for them to do that. And, you know, um, but they taught me that uh, love is like consistent daily love is what it means to be a family. Uh, those people did in addition to my own family working for me in ways I didn't understand and the third thing is that because I was an only child and because I felt alone a lot and because my parents divorced I knew if I was going to get married and have a family that I was going to take that very seriously because I didn't want to have kids and make them feel like I felt I just didn't want to do that and the fourth thing is that my wife has an uncommonly tight and loving family 
and they welcomed me into their fold with uh, such alacrity in, mm. and immediacy that I couldn't help but reciprocate so fully. And I was looking for that, and, and I knew I was, and but there are ways I didn't understand that were made clear to me by having a family who loved me. I have sisters, and I have brothers, and they're all married, and I married them all. I perform the ceremonies for all of their weddings and I have a father-in-law who loves me and we haven't always seen eye to eye either, but he loves me and I love him and we have a respect for each other based on the years of family that we have together and that I've loved his daughter and that I have children with his daughter and that I take good care of all of them. And, um, and, and I love my family, my in-laws and my current family and the people who I've had in my life long enough and they've been good enough to me that I consider them family. And I haven't always been a very good friend. And I'm still not a very good friend, to be honest, to the majority of my friends, because I don't make time for them. But there's a reason for that. And it's because meaningful relationships take time. And I also have a certain amount of need, and it might be selfish, but I also, it's part of my duty. I spend a lot of time working on the things that I feel compelled to do because I feel it's part of who I'm meant to be. I write. I build projects. I facilitate the growth of others. Uh, and and those things take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be honest, I've had some health problems recently. I was working in the trades and then doing this stuff in my off time. And then I haven't been able to work because um, my physicality doesn't allow for it. And that's been a very new thing for me. I've defined myself through my physicality through much of my adult life. And to have that all taken away from me suddenly has been very humbling, to say the least. Uh, but it's helped me refocus all the more on my family because I've had time with them in ways that I've never had before. And I've been able to be there through every moment through thick and thin in a way that I haven't been able to do. And it's meant everything to me. And so uh, now I'm in a position where I'm making all my living on my mind instead of my body and my skills as my hands. And uh, it's, I must, I must shake the tree and make money come to me. Otherwise my family doesn't make it. And so I've learned, you know, I've been talking about my capacity to do this in my spare time for some time, but I've been thrown into a situation where I had to make it work and now it's working. And I'm actually uh, combined with all the stuff I'm doing. I'm actually a little better off than I was before so far. And, and what do you know? You know, the things I've been talking about are, are coming true on a, on a scale that I wasn't necessarily prepared to jump to yet, but then I had to, and it turns out I had everything I needed to do it. And so the point of that message, I guess, is just, that foundation of family that I was able to build, it's everything to me. And it's my foundation. And it's what gives me the strength and confidence and the drive and the, the knowledge that I have a need to go out into the world and to do the things that I need to do. Because the people that I love the most are depending on me to do exactly that and to be the kind of man I've said I am. Because otherwise, this whole thing that I have built that I cherish so much is going to fall apart. And, and then what kind of man would I be? Hmm. Oh man, yeah. Hold on, wait one one second. Um, it's about that time, gentlemen. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Go it's ahead, bring time. it down, bring it down. Nico. So, you see, he eating, he eating, he eating, and I'm eating too. So, if you want to eat with us and parlay and shake the tree, and you know what, spread the love, the joy. Don't fill it with the emptiness and beat people down because 
what's the point of that? Like, what you gain out of that? But you know what we can gain? More patrons, because guess what? We just need one, two, three, four, five dollars. Can I get an amen? Wait, one more time. One, two, three, four, five dollars. Thank you. If you guys would be ever so loving and gracious and enjoyed the gems and all the things that we provide, please hit that like, hit that subscribe button and share this. Two shares, speed the spread, five dollars, join the familia. And um, Chance, much appreciation, boss. Like, you've been filling not an empty void but you've been filling our cups even more mm-hmm. <laughs> so with further ado i'd like to get back to the conversation but um please these pockets they flutter when we all are together <laughs> so you know <laughs> hit the five if you really want to oh, nothing but love shameless shameless self-promotion is nothing to uh to shake a stick at and that's a perfect segue nico for us to bring up the very own Griftmaster himself. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's bring the board up right here. Um, you can see. It, uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. So here is the Grifties page right here. All right. So let me uh, hang on. Let me find. All right. So let me scroll down. Look who's number five. Look who's number five. <laughs> Y'all go to thegrifties.com right now. Help my man Chance elevate himself. We're trying to get this man a grifty. He's out here grinding. He's working hard. It's it's free to it's free to go ahead and and, uh, and give him an upvote. Give the man an upvote. He's been grinding. I, I have not seen anybody put in so much work to uh, to grift his way to the top as you have. You you were <laughs> sitting there on the top for a while, and then yeah. uh, the, you know the game got figured out. And so uh, <laughs> you got knocked down from the pedestal, and uh, but you still, I, I, I appreciate the grind. Like I, I respect it. You, you keep, keep grinding your way back up to the top. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> There's nine Look, votes man. remaining. Come on, people. Yeah, that's right. a vote for oh, no, the people's a, grifter is a vote for us all. You know yeah. what I mean? Right, right. That's right. The people's grifter. Uh, I'm, I'm calling my I'm calling my movement ironic populism. Uh, there you go. I love it. Yeah. I my grift. That. My grift is I don't have a grift. Uh, it's uh it's the hardest grift out there. <laughs> For <laughs> sure. Put it in work. <laughs> yeah. Just put me on top. I have nothing to sell. I'm not. You know. Just like this is it. Just. <laughs> I actually I've got a collection of funny stories about this whole thing, uh, but probably probably one of my favorite moments on my internet history is um hotep jesus just getting so upset about look i I didn't tell him to write the code that hacked the site and it's not my fault you didn't make a good site to begin with bro i'm a white hat in this and i told him i was like look man you just think of me as a white hat it's not my fault they wrote the code they're just my friends i never told them i never told them to write the code that would continuously vote for me thousands of times a day that's your website that that was easy to do that for they told you it was the easiest website they'd ever hacked so it's my fault Uh, and then they and then they and they slammed the back door on y'all's foot yeah they did and then they took away all kinds of my votes i mean it's like they're already tallied bro how you hey listen it's the grifties it's the grifties i know right it's it's very it is ironic populism i mean it's 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 an ironic Um, way that you uh your grift got ungrifted it was uh it was very very funny but uh no i just wanted to give you a chance to uh to defend your position and and promote 
uh, self, you know, to shamelessly promote your 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 grift. Um, well, look, if, um, if I, I just want to shout out to Uncle Hotep too because he saw the game from the jump. He he called Brian out hardcore. He said, "Man, I think you're just trying to stop the white man's grift." And you know what Hotep Jesus said? You goddamn right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's that's. And racism. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate yeah. that. Um, but the thing is, uh, you gotta get a, an honorable mention out of that motherfucker right. right there. That has <laughs> got to. If you don't win, you have got to get an honorable mention. But look, I I'm at number five that. right now. There's no reason I can't win. It just, You're right. It takes, You're right. It takes uh, it takes uh, an army to feed a grifter. <laughs> <laughs> as, right. as right. they say yeah as they say as they say all right so without further ado we have to get into uh one of the most epic threads i have ever read Hands um, i shared it i shared it in our uh in our telegram chat for for this show um with the guys so that they could get a chance yeah. to, to dig into it i what inspired i posted a link to it in the in the description if anybody wants to go um it just go down to, in the description in the in chances uh links or whatever and look for there's one i have labeled it's the court jester thread um what inspired that what made you think like i'm gonna spit this wisdom from this perspective because it's a very I, I just love it's brilliant the way you put that together hmm. well I'll be honest with you, uh, and it's not the first time I've said this, but it's not an uncomfortable thing to say. I'm just not a very stable personality in a lot of ways. Uh, mm. And what I mean is I got a lot of voices going on. Mm. Um, I mean, I know which one is mine, mm -hmm. but <laughs> nevertheless, there's a bunch of them in there. Yeah, you uh, feel that when I you embody go through that thread. Yeah, when you go yeah, through that you know thread, I mean? you feel yeah. all those different voices. Yep, yep. And that's one of the characters that has been there. I mean, I, I very much am a person to laugh at everything i mm. i try to present my viewpoints um seriously when i'm uh on the other end of the interview situation because uh there's a sense of duty to to uh, do service to right. the things i'm being asked about but mm -hmm. the truth is also uh, i'm for sure the person making a joke at a funeral um, I'm for sure the person rubbing the bride's hair at a wedding and getting her butt hurt at me for messing up her hundred dollar haircut or whatever. You know what I mean? I just like a hundred. I don't, cheap, man. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, what do I know? Just saying. <laughs> um, I, I have a very hard time understanding why you shouldn't laugh at everything. And I know mm -hmm. not everybody feels that way. And I've had a relationship with a guy who called himself Roman the clay. And he wrote a very interesting book that a lot of people have a lot of feelings about. And he told me one time, not everything's a joke chance. And I was like, well, maybe, but that doesn't mean that you can't laugh at the funny parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, and plus, when I take myself too seriously, I tend towards violence mm -hmm. in my in my bearing. Not necessarily towards actual violence, although, uh, you know, you should. No, I know what you mean. There's a, there's a certain violence in, like, just how you view things or approach things or how do you think about things um that and i have been a violent man itself. in my life yeah and i don't like i don't even like to contend with that now to be honest i mean mm. i have and i do when i must but mm. it's a weight mm -hmm. i'm kind of sitting with it right now to be honest mm. but the point is i don't like to be that man unless I have to be. And I feel like I don't need to be that man unless it's um, 
a matter worth uh, staking my life on. And there are some things like that, but I also don't live the kind of life where I put myself in a position where I need to present myself in that way very often. And, uh, but I have. Mm -hmm. Life or death consequence or life or death consequences are a very real thing to me. Um, and a lot of people haven't necessarily been in a position where that's the case. And so they're frivolous with their language and with the way that they approach the world. And they think that when they talk about things like um, war and discord and um, divide, that they don't have consequences and that there aren't people who are going to come get them when they talk about these things and approach people in that way. Mm. But there are. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I'm one of them still. And that's something I contend with. It's like, if you come after me, I'm going to get you. Mm. or one of us is going to get got <laughs> and i know that about myself and so i try to present myself to the world and put myself in a position where i never have to be in a position where i have to be there unless i have to mm -hmm. but if you don't have that part of you if you don't have any war in you then you don't understand that there are people out there who do and so I have to laugh at myself. That's that. That's that's why I am, have approached life with an attitude of laughter. Is because if I don't, then the war comes out in me, and I don't mm. want to go to war with anybody. I'd rather laugh about it and move on. But there's a lot of stuff out there that just makes me want to go to war. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of evil people out there trying to hurt a lot of other people, including me and including the people I care about on a broad yeah. scale and on an individual scale. And I've been yeah. in the presence of people who are just a dark vacuum of evil. And, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, like where my face is at, you get, it's mm -hmm. like, you get that vibe from mm. them. Like they're just sucking the light out of the room. I, I know that those people exist because I've seen them and I was on my way to being one. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, better to laugh but also you got to call them out on their bullshit and if you call them out in a way that gets everybody to laugh mm -hmm. it's going to make it even worse for them than if you approach them with anger because they can manipulate you through your anger but you crush them through their humiliation Mm -hmm. And so by turning the daggers of humiliation on somebody through humor, it's one of the most effective weapons that there is in the world to, mm -hmm. to crush somebody. And in a way that makes them know that you crushed them, you crushed mm -hmm. them. And, and so you get, away with, you get away with saying certain things with humor sometimes that you don't, that you don't sometimes. get away with as often with direct, you know, it, it's. Yeah, not all the time. Just, obviously, just, just lose that. their head, though. You know, yeah. Like, no, they're, 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 cancel culture is a real thing, gentlemen. Cancel yeah. culture. You know, they came for Dave for making. Yeah, jokes, no, so. uh, but, right. But what I'm saying is that it's it's if you if you have a and but the thing is though if you look at it, Dave survives. He still. did. He's a goat um, though. Because you, you can't has, do that with men. right, but and that's what I'm. That, I guess that's kind of the point is that I'm saying that like you can't. Yes, jesters lose their heads and everything, but the the clever gesture and that's why one of the things i appreciate about the thread that you put together is that it's so cleverly written it's so so well mm -hmm. put together that it it gives this if you know you know sort of vibe mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas if you're if you don't know the gesture get, the gesture's getting away with saying some stuff some real that, slick shit. that if he was really <laughs> really direct and came out and said exactly what he's what what's behind those those jokes he would lose his head instantly. 
And that's that's the point. That's the yep. point. I mean, yep. and you're sharp. You're sharp. You're sharp enough to pick up on it. And that, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to demonstrate is I can say anything about anybody at any time as long as I say it the right way. And part of it is mm-hmm. saying that somebody named the gesture said it. By the way, right. You know, there's facility. There's there's facility in embodying characters, and people see you pretending to be a character, and then they think it's not you. And and maybe yeah. parts of it aren't, and maybe mm-hmm. parts of it are, and nobody's really quite sure which is which. Maybe including you. And that's, yeah. I guess that's for you to deal with, but it buys you the space to say something. Yeah. And look, man, um, I might not be overt in what I actually feel about a situation and I might be wrong, but I feel like something needs to be said. And so I say it and mm-hmm. all I'm trying to demonstrate is I've been allegedly banned from Twitter more than once. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not. And I, and I say the same kinds of things to the same kinds of people on occasion, but I know how to say it in a language that doesn't get me in trouble. And if they want to try to get me in trouble, it's like, well, what do you mean? This is just a, a, like a story about a thing that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Like that's that's open to interpretation. And, that, and that's why it's art. And I thought you were pro art. Throw this in MoMA, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) The the thing is, man, this is my jam, though. You know, because you know, I practice voodoo, and the in and out of personalities is a thing. And what what that thread reminded me of massively is is Legba, who is the the highest uh, spirit in voodoo, and Legba's a trickster, but he's also ultimately good. But he is a trickster. And he take in everything that is is a story of Legba. So he can weave those uh mm. the, those stories in and out. And what's funny is and off, often um he's pictured as a jester. So it's it's kind of a a funny mm-hmm. kind of you know juxtaposition. Uh generally that's a more of a Santeria thing than it is a uh a, a voodoo thing. But at the end of the day, it reminded me an awful lot of, of Legba. And it also the other side of Legba is the um, the Loa of Death Gade, constantly, constantly making a joke. There are three or four. If if you ever are in a space where you you get to meet him, um, he there are three or four meanings to every single thing that he says, and and that compound meaning. It will be picked up. Let's say the the four of us are in there. Each of the four of us may hear the same statement and get four totally different meanings from that same statement because he had four meanings, and and that's the kind of wisdom I think that um, that you brought through that that string, and for me, that kind of communication is important because. You know, we have to figure out the ways because ultimately the, these airways, if you will, are controlled by the state, whether we, we like it or not, but they are. And so we have to find the ways to obscure, obscure and move beyond the curtain. And, and, and I think that that's a powerful tool that, that the freedom movement doesn't utilize nearly enough. I think uh, somebody that's good at it, Spike Cohen's pretty good at, uh, at using similar kinds of uh, of attacks, 
and similar kinds of conversation. Um, but ultimately, most people aren't. You know, I, I love Adam. Adam's one of my best friends, but he he's not good at obscure obscuring things. He just right in your face. Here you go. You know, it's just how he is. And I, I also, so I wanted to say that about, about what you were talking about. It really did remind me of Legba quite a lot. Um, the second thing that I wanted to say is you were talking about that innate violence, that innate um, warrior mentality. You know, I'm a very, very peaceful person. Chance, you don't really know me, but, but both Nico and Chad know me quite well. And I'm a very peaceful person. Don't make me be mean. Don't make me be violent. Mm -hmm. yeah, Please don't do that. Because, yeah. you know, that, that, number one, I'm going to be mad because you made me be mad. You know, you made Where? me go to a place that I don't want to be. You know, when they talk about, you know, without a state, who, who would protect us and where we wouldn't have an army and we wouldn't have a, a good luck. You attack my family. I'm the guy with the skull mask with heads on pikes when I'm done, <laughs> you know, don't fuck with my family mm. because I will make it to where you never will be able to again. Yeah, you don't fuck with people who know voodoo. That's that was not, not Marcus. That was the court jester. He was just <laughs> quoting from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red. Marcus didn't say anything Actually, at I all. Pull it up. I want to um, pull it up. And like, he just, shout uh, out to Legba, shout out to Anansi, yeah. shout out yeah. to Loki, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, shout exactly. out to the tricksters. Uh, Marcus was just uh, just just riffing <laughs> off of some of their tracks For back sure. in the day. <laughs> you know, I was joking with my wife uh, just the other day. Um, I was like, you know, what if what if God uh, was sort of as naive and fickle as he's often portrayed? You know, like, uh, why why betray my rules? Um, because and right. don't ask any questions or uh uh i'll uh i'll kill all of you yeah that's what i'll do i'll kill all of you right <laughs> and then uh and she was laughing along with me and then i was i was um sort of similarly portraying a female god and i and i used the like screechy voice like <laughs> she's like that's so rude that she would portray the female god like that and i was like what do you mean you were just laughing earlier today about the ridiculous caricature of god i made um, and, she's, and, and she's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And I was like, hey, hey, I won one of these. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But I have to give credit to my wife because that gesture character is is like central. And boy, have I poked at her. And my dad tried to tell me when I was young. He said, listen, uh, don't make jokes about your girlfriends. Don't make jokes about your wife. They don't like it. They're not like a guy. They're not like your buddy. You don't do it. They don't like it. And I was like, well, whatever, man. Uh, it turns out he was right. They don't like it. They don't like it. They, they really <laughs> don't like it. 15 years, you know, 15 years later, she can take it a little bit. You know, she, yeah, and, yeah, and she's, yeah. man, I tell you what, I tell her this all the time. It's like, I'm rubbing off on you so hard because she's developed this just razor sharp and ever ready sense of just mean humor. And she really only unleashes it on me, which is fine. But it's, I laugh so hard. She gets me so good sometimes. And it's just one of those where you know you're got and there's nothing you can say. And all you can do is just gut laugh. And boy, having my wife have that finely developed sense of humor that I've just been like slicing her down into over the last decade and a half. I'm so proud of her. I'm just so proud of her.
to be able to tear into me in that way because that's how I was raised. My dad, my uncles, my aunt, boy, good luck being thin skinned or not able to take a joke around those fucking people. I mean, just (laughs) uh, nonstop. My dad would have me go pull my uncle's leg hairs out just so they would go give me a swirly in the toilet. It's just that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, i got i gotta say for for the 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 for my wife i didn't train shit my wife my wife has had her her uh sense of humor ever since i knew her and she is way funnier than i am i throw a lot of shit at the wall (laughs) like this might be funny this might be funny this might be funny no no my friend matt um none of you know him but he's Great anarchist lives in southern, but he India. exists for sure. I promise. Sure. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, he, I'm just making. He has, none he of you know. He's the awesome. one. He's the one who Marcus will attribute all of the stuff he said a little while ago to. Correct. Um, exactly. He's the president he's, of the lodge. Right. right. That's right. So, so, so Matt made a very good observation about Amber, and he said she, with her humor, she is like a serpent that strikes. She waits for her moment. And you better watch out. That venom is going to come all the way in. And that is absolutely how she is. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of her humor. I'm very proud of, of, of her ability to do that. But I did want to point out that is one difference. I understand that, that you've helped to, to get her humor out. I have nothing to do with my wife's humor. She has that all by herself. Just wanted to mm. point it out. Mm. That's funny. <laughs> well, listen, I, I got like beauty and talent and goodness. I had to train in the rest of it. You know, yeah. right. Right. Uh, we it. all we have to make compromises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's 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 interesting. So like Marcus uh put something out. Um is it was it is it her birthday or is it y'all's anniversary or something like what what is it that's or you just, were just like I love her. <laughs> it was just like it was the anniversary of something that she had that you had posted or something like that before maybe oh, you did yeah, an episode but... or something like that. That's what it was. It was yeah. Anyway, so you put that thing out and I like it just it kind of hit me because I was like, I was like, Yeah, yeah, that's good shit, Marcus. Cause that's like I, I know Mark Marcus talks about Amber all the time that like they're they're deep in love and and it's uh it's awesome to see that. And and I was it's funny, like we're at church today and you know, my wife and I are sitting there and she's she was kind of cold so she was leaning up against me and i had my arm around her and everything and we're just sitting there and she she kind of started getting a little she gets a little upset like it's just seeing people like we're in church and there's people like and they're still putting the 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 face diaper on and all this stuff and you know it just kind of gets her she's just upset like about the mind fuck that has gone on the last two years and 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 like it hurts her to see humanity manipulated the way that it's been manipulated right mm-hmm. so she starts she starts getting kind of choked up and everything she starts you know lip starts quivering you know i see the tears starting to well up in her eyes and everything and i just kind of i just had to lean over and whisper to her i was like look um this is a this is a mad mad world that we're living in right now i said but there is nobody on the planet that i would rather be taking it on with than you um, because she is, she's like, it's funny. We were, we were at this party last night and, uh, somebody starts talking to her about how they, they have like this pharmaceutical company. They, they do vitamins and it's like all this, like very holistic, um, not necessarily like homeopathic, but very like, you know, like some like 
high strength like vitamin d and all this stuff and it's like all naturally you know all natural ingredients naturally sourced and all this stuff and everything and they're telling her all this stuff and then she starts she starts spitting game back at them and the guy's like he's like you know more about nutrition and like vitamins than most of the doctors that we try to sell this stuff to <laughs> and you know because she's like she's like she's like yeah you need black pepper because it helps your body to to like uh not digest, but to like uh, absorb the curcumin absorb, shout or whatever. Out to piperine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so anyway, so so she's doing all this, and, and I, that's where I'm like, look, I've got, I do this, I do the anarchy. You know, this is my, this is my lane. That you know, with Hotep Nation and you know, with all that stuff, that's where I vibe. And she like digs deep into all this other stuff, all the health and nutrition, and you know, green, you know, like uh, whole foods and like you know live you know fresh vegetables and all that kind of stuff and not not cooking too much stuff to to kill some of the nutrients in it and i'm like that's cool because i'm not reading that stuff (laughs) (laughs) you know like i'm glad you are (laughs) i just want to sit down and eat it and uh as long as it's taken care of you know i'm good um and so so it's it's just it's really cool to see like that when i see different people where they have a similar type of dynamic perfect uh complementary relationship with their spouse where where you you meet each other and you fill the gaps to the perfect perfect puzzle piece Mm -hmm. where you fill the gaps where you need to fill each other's gaps and Mm -hmm. that's how you make this just unbeatable team right now everyone all you ladies understand Nico needs to fill a glass. Single, my friend. Look, if you got five dollars, no, I'm just, oh, wait, that's a different. That's a different promotion. My bad. He needs glass another patron. Do I, right. do, I need, do I need to bring out the cane for y'all? Do y'all need to understand that everything is in and tandem by the grace of god yes amen (laughs) but Um, seriously i'm still waiting for you and chance to battle rap or to or to collaborate on on like going back and forth with some rhymes where you're not necessarily you don't have to battle rap word we we can do some spoken word like yeah yeah. because i heard chance was just kind of ad lib and spitting like and and i hear you do it sometimes nico i don't that's not like my thing so i'm not even going to try to venture into that but uh grab them mike like a uh uh Eight mile, come on, let's, oh, okay. let's get it. No spaghetti yeah, no, and throw up on your look, shirt. I'm not, I'm not doing. Look that, at no. Chad Knight. What part of Chad Knight screams Eminem? Um, no, I, 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 I fucked with Eminem early. <laughs> no, I, I definitely <laughs> fucked with Eminem early. Like, no, I, no, that was Eminem's uh, uh, maybe. Right, right. Yeah. 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 No, no. I, I, I definitely got down with Eminem's like the 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 first uh, the first album. Like I, I was, I'm not gonna lie. Like it was, I thought it was good stuff. It was well put together. And, yeah, and, yeah. Y'all act and like he, you never seen a white person before. Jaws on the floor. The camera told me just burst through the door and started whooping her ass worse before the first divorce, throwing her over furniture. <laughs> Man, I used there to spit that shit on the school bus. <laughs> hey. I mean, we could we could go tit for tat talking about right, this. I uh, I mean I would prefer a beat. I like beats. I like I, acapella is right. okay. Let me get let like, me find something. See I I got it. Oh, okay, Marcus is gonna throw down a. Oh boy, it's, it's good. Marcus is gonna beat it? some beat beat on some drums in the background. Is, 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 it getting, is, it, is it getting hot in here? Oh wait, yeah. Um, 
chilling like an anarch. I mean, I got my arch, and we're going to have to show you how we're going to break it like it's golden arches. And I'm jesting, but I'm never jester, but I'm just digesting all this information like I got the gems. Wait, I need to hold it like a blood diamond or a rhyming, but I'm never in this motherfucking soil like you niggas trying to start the turmoil. But I'm just going to have to turn it over like oil because I never eat the soil, but you niggas are foil because we got the 10 foil hats, but I'm not like that. But we going to have to show you why we sick like that. Whoa, I mean, we going to sneeze or chew. I think I need another shoe or a shot. But I'm not gonna get shot because I'm on a hot block like a Chicago. But I'm just the one who's spitting it hot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. All right. All right, Chance. All right, keep, you it going. keep it going. Let's, yeah, keep, keep it, going. it going, Marcus. Come on now. You just got got. I'm ready to hit the block. Ready to get shot back with my own shot track. Ready to get knocked, knocked back Cause I'm standing hard like a rock I'm the rock that weathered the storm And the storm that weathered the walk I'm unemotional like Spock And then I spark the fire I admire the view from the top I'm screwed from the top Loose cause I got a few screws loose But I'm not too crazy to got All the things that I ought I got a big heart I'm not gonna stop I got ready like confetti Cut you up unsteady because i've been drinking too many that's fine because i'm defending my space and i'm ending any enemies who come because i'm bending time and matter rhyme and scatter busting hymens is my mind is badder than the average rapper ready to rattle all minds because i straddle this saddle right off the battle rap cattle i'm ready to come with the full clip oh shit oh double dipping with the gripping as i'm hitting this and shitting it now i got to rip it with a little bit ridiculous i'm the jester come to test you come to bless you come to get the rest to best the rest i caress because i'm the best in the east and the west i don't need a rest but i think i'll take one guess which way this oh, way Oh bless! That was good oh. shit, y'all. I look, man. Look, just I had no idea joint. what to expect, but give that was. Give me a joint. Give me like, um, like at least five minutes on feeling a beat, and I promise you, I will give you some really, really fire heat. All right, come on now. That was no, that, y'all did, y'all did, y'all did y'all's thing. That was good shit, both of y'all. That was awesome. That was uh, that was yeah, my armpit way. sweaty over here, Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> my balls was hot. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're gonna have to clip that shit, Chad. Put it. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. This is a beautiful pod. Can't wait to go to work and share it with my homie and actually yeah, like listen to it. This is dope. This is nice. this is so dope. So dope. Well, so well, I do uh, think we should move towards wrapping up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I was I was actually about to like hit the hit the outro coming out of that coming out of that rap. I just go straight into it. Just be like, peace, y'all. I don't know how I don't know how to end it better than that. I don't know how to end it better than that. But chance, look, man, I I don't know how to how to thank you for um for you know for reaching out and 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 just you know staying in touch. We've been kind of like I said, we've been kind of going back and forth over the years. Um, and I've been I've been watching whether. Whether we've been actually like tapping in or not, you know, and actually like DMing each other or anything like that, I've been seeing what you've been doing, and obviously you've been, you know, seeing what what we've been doing too, and uh, and it's a beautiful thing for us to come together and just kind of like uh, share share like our combined and and shared 
you know, experiences with, with the world so that, so that we can hopefully inspire some more people to, to do things and, and to build relationships like we've built. Absolutely. I, agree with that. I, I want to yeah, add to that and say, always welcome. And this has been a real good uh, conversation. And, and I think that uh, in many ways, we, we come from similar places. And just know that, that uh, you have some friends out here, too, that, mm -hmm. uh, that are willing to raise your voice as much as we can. I get that, um, that we, we have a limited audience as yet. Future will mm -hmm. see what happens. For now. For mm -hmm. now. But um, but I think that as we resonate with each other and we raise each other's vibration and, and our message is similar enough that this message is unstop unstoppable because it's about what God intends. And that is peace, love and freedom. So, again, thank you for joining us. And mm -hmm. um, well, it, it's all. Yeah, go ahead. Where did you go? Sorry. I would like to point out and this is the last point i'll make and it's kind of a reference to god you know when you were making that joke about god is the fact that we are our own governable gods with our imperfections and god is living vicariously through us and all the flaws and all the goodness that we bring so let we all are doing the best to highlight the best attributes god has put into us but we still acknowledge those flaws so never take away from not only that holy light you got above your head but the gems and the blessings that you provide for not just us but your family your community that will reach to society boss you you're doing wonders thank you very much for saying that and for all the kind things you said to me uh it feels good uh, people tend to not want to admit that, but I'll admit it to you. It feels good. It makes me feel good. Mm, and look, um, <clears throat> the truth that I have come to understand over the last few years as I've had so many of them is that every conversation is uh, an opportunity and a gift and a blessing. And mm -hmm. the sooner that you orient yourself towards them in that way, the sooner you can become grateful for the opportunity to have them. Because I'll tell you what, man. Every person I've ever talked to, when I went into it with good faith and I oriented myself to be more curious about what they had to say than I had to say, I learned something from that person. And every time somebody has invited me into a conversation like this, like a podcast, for example, where they're um, entering into a good faith conversation where they're going to ask me stuff about myself, it makes me want to answer them fully and tell the truth and share myself with them because mm -hmm. I feel like it's um, my duty to do that to persons who are being genuine with me because when we can connect on a genuine level and connect on the things we really believe and maybe refine some of the things we don't quite understand or flesh out the disagreements we, we have and see where the disagreement actually exists and see if mm -hmm. we actually have one at all and whether it's just a bit of confusion. But sometimes we do have enemies, and that's worth noting, too. But the point is, look, man, this conversation has been a great conversation, and it helps me to understand myself better. And I mm. feel the connection with you guys and a gratitude for that. And also, now my message is out there with people who it wouldn't have otherwise been right. in contact with. And I'm, I am I, can't tell you how grateful I am for that, because the things that 
I'm talking to you about are the things that saved my life. And the book I've written and the stuff I've done out there, it's like the people who have connected with it have written back to tell me this mattered to me and it made a difference in my life. And that is a treasure beyond measure. And it, it makes all the weight of everything else that I did in my life. Um, it makes me strong enough to carry it. And, and that's what these kind of conversations have done for me in my life is make me more aware that I have the strength to carry all the bullshit I did because I've done good things. I've been here present with you guys with the intent to do a good thing. And you did the same thing and we did it. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity. And anytime you want to have a conversation with me, I'm happy to do that. And if you guys want to come on my podcast, I'll probably do it individually, but we can get you on there and have the conversations we can have one on one um, that we might not be able to have, um, you know, four on. Yeah, it's hard. Each, yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah it's, it's different, but I like the dynamic. It's cool. Great exposure. But, you know, the message that I just have is thank you very much. And I'm uh, very grateful. And I hope that you and anybody who took the time to spend with us took something mm. useful from it and that will be all the payment i could ever ask for mm. beautiful yeah and, and it's mutual like i we we we, we share that that sentiment for sure um and i want to just uh reach into what marcus said like when you and, and what you what you were saying earlier about giving and just continuing to give and give love and continuing to give love um the most beautiful thing about that is because that is God is that it's infinite. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to participate and to share the infinite. And if you think about the human condition, that's one of our greatest longings is for the infinite. When something is great, we never want it to end. And when something is terrible, we think it will never end because yeah. the infinite is part of us and so we have an opportunity to either be infinite love or like what you said before we can be potentially infinite poison and death and i choose love i choose life every time and with that marcus stay free peace everybody